Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And today we are in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Boy, we go from Alaska to Arizona. Yeah, it's 100 degrees. <laughs> That's quite a quite a temperature change, isn't it? Gypsy, we're going to talk with you in a moment, Gypsy Piano Blues. I want to talk about a thing called The Bag. Bass players, listen up. The Bag. It's a high-quality leather gig bag. It's a family of products, really, that are handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and a beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made with some of the finest, high-quality leather. Uh, they're cushioned, and they're meant to last a lifetime, literally a lifetime. They have over 30 years in the leather industry. You're extremely proud to introduce the gig bags targeted for the skilled professional, as well as the fun-seeking novice. The hope is, of course, that you're going to love the bags as much as they do, and it's called The Bag by Tony Vaughn Base Bags, www.tonyvaughn.com. The bag. And we are with Gypsy Piano Blues. I'm guessing you can't put a piano in a bass bag. Right. Yeah. I went out with a, I had a 76 key bag and I had to do a show and I still didn't have the 88 key bag yet. I had to wrap a blanket over the top of it. Oh my goodness. So what oh you got to do, what you got to do. <laughs> where Where is Sierra Vista? I'm trying to picture that. I am in between like, I'm an hour I'm 65 miles from Tucson. Oh, okay. And like two hours from Phoenix. So like in between, but uh, it's, it's high desert. Uh, and what does that and, mean? Um, that means that about 3000 feet up oh, okay. and then Bisbee where I usually play at, which is a, it's a resort area and they had the old copper mines there. Oh, wow. And it's the, it's the top of the mountain. Here in town, I did a benefit here um, for the Mental Health Association. But if you're not doing straight country and Western or yeah. punk, you don't have a chance in this town. No kidding. So I go to, I go to Bisbee or, or I've played in Tucson a couple times. I've played in Phoenix. Where I'm at, no, I, I have to, you know, drive, but that's okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting, though, that, that punk or country but not like mainstream blues. And actually we'll talk about your music a little bit, but you're kind of blues and kind of jazz, your jazzy yeah. blues or bluesy jazz. I'm not sure how you would define that. I would think that when you're near cities like that, you're not that far, uh, something more mainstream, like what you do would be more popular than punk, but maybe not. Punk is a big well, thing. Well, huh? I've tried to get into a couple of places around here and I just get no answer. So wow. I don't know what, I mean, I go to Bisbee and, and I got a following there and that's, the rest of the way up the mountain, it's 32 miles from here. Mm. <laughs> I don't understand it. I came here three years ago to help my daddy had cancer, and then he passed. Oh, I'm sorry. And um, I'm from Pittsburgh, and my mom was like, are you coming back? My brother went there to help her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, because I helped her for a long time, too. And I said, I'm going to stay. I like the weather. Yeah, yeah. Plus, <laughs> it's, I just like it. So, I'm from I'm from St. Louis, and just like Pittsburgh, Three Rivers. We're surrounded yep. by the Missouri, 
Oh, Missouri, Mississippi, and the Merrimack River, where I grew up. And then you get three. I mean, they call it Three Rivers Stadium for a reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. So did you play mostly in Pittsburgh then? And you just Well, playing- um, I had a band called Gypsy and the Crazy Moon for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And then I moved to uh, the middle of the state and still had the band. And um, I worked for the union there um, in State College, Penn State. Uh-huh. My my son wanted to graduate from the, the high school there because his family was from right in that area. That was fine. But I would play, like I would go play Lehigh Valley or Scranton or Philly. Uh, I would have a pickup band in all these cities. So I was like, okay, who's going to be my drummer tonight? Who's my bass player? Uh-huh. So, and then I'd go play Pittsburgh. I'm like, okay, who's this? You know, I had it all written down. I had to look remember who was playing what harmonica uh-huh. drums guitar and that was kind of crazy and then um i went back to pittsburgh and i traveled i'd say the east coast i, I played in uh, hogs and heifers in new york city wow okay. uh, i did a, a couple of blues fest the jazz and blues fest for federal hill for washington dc but i played it in baltimore mm-hmm. and uh did a couple of blues fests in pittsburgh then I had it towards the end of that band. Most of the guys had other bands and they were always calling off and I had replacements. <laughs> I was sick of having like a replacement band. So they said, you know what? I can't be late to my own show. I'm going to play solo. There you go. So I started doing that. And then when I came here, I hooked up with this harmonica slash guitar player and we play out a lot and we've got a following now. So he went and did his own show with his band and they were asking where I was. I was like, I was not there. So you can't blame me. <laughs> That's <funny>. so, <laughs> so you said you play out a lot. Would define a lot because a lot for one person can be a show a year and a lot can couple be times a month, a couple times a week. I'd love it to be a couple times a week, yeah. but it is. And it's just a couple times a month, but it's, it's better than, you know, nothing coming off of uh, COVID oh. like, where mm-hmm. I had to play on the internet. I still can't get used to that. You know, they talk in terms of time, we talk about BC before Christ and AD Anus Deo or whatever that Latin phrase is that means after Christ's death, right? That's how we define time. I think of it as BC before COVID and AD after the disease. (laughs) So life before COVID was one way. And then after COVID or the disease, you know, the AD, that's where we are now. And it's a it's been a struggle for a lot of artists and it's been a blessing for a lot of artists. So how's it been for you? I spent that time and I made an album. That's where these songs came from. Oh. Um, so then um, in 2021, I went and did the House of Bards in Tucson and they did the um, Make Music Day on June 21st. Uh-huh. And I think they took themselves off it because it's too hot. A lot of people didn't want to play because <laughs> it's where all these acts play on the street. Oh, all wow. across the world. And it's called Make Music Day. It's June 21st. And they I have, have I've seen a video of that where they've got clips of people all literally all over the world doing a song. They gave, they gave me a Casio uh, 200, one of those portable ones. Casio literally gave it to me, <laughs> Wow, which was cool. And then I had to do a bunch of different ads. They had a music store there. So I had to take the box and the and do ads in the music store and ads in the in the bar and then then i played a little bit that was that but they called me the best keyboardist in tucson i played there once that's amazing that's pretty cool and i was the cassia representative for 2021 
Wow. So tell me about the name Gypsy Piano Blues. I assume, I mean, I've listened to the, the music that you sent me. I've listened to some stuff on YouTube today. And like I said, you you could be classified as a jazz musician as easily as you are a blues musician, but you've gone with blues. So why blues over jazz? I'm not sure. I just extend all barriers. Like what I mean by that is it's, it's blues, gypsy piano blues, but it's also jazz based. It's rock based because mm-hmm. I play a lot of rockabilly too. Like that never quite like this. Uh-huh. And I just keep it a blues because blues is all compassing. I see. It, yeah. it covers all barriers because I'll do country blues. I'll do rock blues. I'll even do like when I play out, I do classic rock. Like I'll do Red House, but that's still blues. Sure. And I'll sure. do the organ version or I'll do Roadhouse blues by the doors. I still say it's blues. Just everything that's like that. I keep in that vein and sure. call me the breeze, which is a boogie tune on the piano. Uh-huh. So I'll do that. But it makes people happy because they get to hear some songs that they know. But here in this state, people actually like your originals better than, which is what I found out. It's when I play my original songs, they just go nuts. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) The songs that we're listening to today, these are all originals. And I always like to ask about the creative process with artists and songwriters because you're a pianist, because you have played music like forever. Does your inspiration yeah. come from sitting at the piano and just trying to work something out or, or does something just hit you one day and you start writing? It's, it's life. And it kind of makes sense when you hear of a song title, never quite like this. And you listen to the lyrics, you know what that's about, right? I noticed how there was people in, in the COVID when you went to the store and mm-hmm. they turned into an instant Nazi. You got to listen. You got to follow this rule. You can't do this. You can't move over there. Stand here. Don't move there. Don't get too close to this other person. It's just like some of these people that worked in these minimum wage jobs mm-hmm. immediately became these, they, they authoritarians. They, yeah. To another level. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so clear when you think of that era and the phrase, never quite like this it's never been like that and pretty god it will never be like that again yeah uh, i hope not i hope it never is and keep the wolves at bay it's, it's the same thing keeping out the uh, negative people keep you know how you get mm-hmm. negative people in your life and it says they wear a mask and it has nothing to do with the covid it has to do with what they show on their face uh or and or this because you just saw their eyes and and they want to get in your door <laughs> And like, they'll bite you <laughs> if you listen to the words. Well, so, see, I wondered about that. I wondered about if that was about someone specific, if that was like a heartbreak song, because that's how I was listening to it. You know, you, you listen to some music from a frame of reference, and I didn't know what it was, but Keep the Wolves at Bay. I just heard a friend of ours do a song about wolves, and it was about heartbreak. And so I thought, well, you know, that makes sense. A woman singing about a wolf, it kind of fits. So I, I listened from that, but that's really not what... Keep the wolves at bay. It was about no. This is about keeping out the bad and keeping the good. If you listen to it, it could mean a bunch of different things, though. That's mm-hmm. just the way that I I word my stuff. Like never quite like this is that was a heartbreak song, and that wasn't about COVID, but it came out at that time. So, so uh, and when when I heard it, when I heard never quite like this, I thought of it as a as a heartbreak song. But just now in the conversation, we were talking about it. it it's got a double meaning. Yeah. Because of, you know, the COVID, the, the whole, everything, the whole world was never like this. And when we haven't that talked wasn't. about was, was mankind's end. And we'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit too. 
How did you get started? How long have you been playing? Uh, we know what got you there, your father, but did you start out of high school? Did you start playing in high school? Were you in college? Tell us. No, my mom had a piano when I was little, and she mm-hmm. taught us to read when I was like four years old. And so she taught me to read music when I was four oh. years old. And she taught me to play piano. She was a music teacher at the University of Indiana, a student teacher. Mm-hmm. And she used the yardstick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my aunt used to come running in the room but i stuck with it so um, by the yardstick you mean like if you overplayed overreached then <laughs> like well, that if I hit a wrong note yeah it was uh-huh. oh so, okay okay i guess the old-fashioned way i never taught like that but anyway <laughs> my grandma when i was seven she worked at a soap club and she gave me and my sister i had a twin sister she's passed now she gave us a world of jukebox and fun. all this stuff on it, including Gene Vincent, Bebop Alula, and Elvis, and wow. Bob Dylan. And she gave me a Lowry Genie, and she's like, here's the book, and you have to play with this number system. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm not playing with a number system. So <laughs> You've been I reading list- music since you were four, so you didn't need the number system, right? Yeah, I didn't need it. And then I learned to play by ear using the jukebox and the organ. Oh, wow. So I could read and play by ears. And then I put an old girl rock and roll band together when I was 14, which my mother absolutely hated. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been doing it all my life. And with different bands, bands and what the, I guess, what was the pinnacle or it has been so far, like the, the highest point so far of your career, what was one of the coolest things that you've accomplished so far? Playing the, um, the festivals that I've done different festivals, like some in PA and, one in Baltimore, you know, playing to a couple thousand people. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, my thing is you get nervous and then you don't get nervous. And I've done like the Williamsburg PA uh, arts festivals. And it's like, you cannot see after the first couple rows because of the lights. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so any nervousness goes away. And it's just that I've been on stage for forever. So <laughs> I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it with COVID and I couldn't get the computer working right. And I was trying to do shows online and it was like, this is a whole new thing. And I had mm-hmm. to learn how to play online. And I just, that was awful to me. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it the delay thing that you ran into? Did you have to deal with that? Cause some people have, you know, you depending on your configuration and what you're playing through whatever, Sometimes it's a little undelay. If you got headphones on and you're playing through the process or a certain way, you're playing your notes, but it's about a about a step behind you. And it gets really confusing really quick. Have you done that before? Had that experience? Yes, I've had that experience, and that's horrible. <laughs> 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 so during COVID, you wrote and wrote and wrote. Did you do any of the live performances? Like I'm trying to think some of the sites, Reverb Nation. Spotify, some of these places have like live living room concerts to try and help promote artists, but also give us fans of music something new and fresh to listen to. How did you? Yeah, sur- I, I, I did a couple on, on the YouTube, like whenever uh-huh. I had to do when I first got here, it was June of 2020. I had to do Make Music Chicago because I was in Illinois. I visited my son for a couple months, mm-hmm. signed up for that. I thought I was going to 
actually go to Chicago. He was like eight hours away. He's at the southern end. But I was going to do it anyway. And then they were like, no, it's COVID. You got to you gotta play online. So I said, well, I'm moving to Arizona. I got to help my dad. They said, we're still going to keep you on as a Chicago artist. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, like I said, I did it in Tucson. So it was really strange because I did Pittsburgh. Then I did Chicago. <laughs> and then I did um, Tucson. But that's okay. But I just... You know, you're playing and you're looking at the um, computer and it's like, I, I didn't have a chat on and I was, it, it's just weird. It's just, you're playing to. You don't know. That's just yeah. it. You don't know. You're playing to yourself. Yeah. And there's no immediate gratification because that's what you do when you're doing live. You want this, that acknowledgement that your art has been accepted and you're playing to a computer your computer doesn't clap, you know, it just just does what it's programmed to do. It was just a strange experience, but I guess we all had to go through it and it gave me an album anyway. So, so I go rolling into Tucson, Arizona, and I see a sign that says gypsy piano blues playing tonight from what to what, how long is your set and what kind of venue would that be? Usually, like I said, I've been playing in Bisbee two thirds of the way up the mountain. Okay. um, The Dragoon mountain. Uh, Bisbee's the whole way up. Like I said, it's a resort area, but uh-huh. it's it, there's we're still in between, closer to Tucson. Mm-hmm. But it's basically I've been doing everything there. I've just been playing there. I don't know <laughs> why, but and it's like uh, it's really strange. It's a hippie town. It's good. Everybody's so open minded and so different. It's it's like another world. Uh-huh. I, I've never came across any. There's more accepting then I'd say the people in Pittsburgh because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just think that a lot of people there were miserable. And I attribute that to the dark skies all the time. And mm-hmm. the mindset of the culture of Pittsburgh is just so different than out West out West is a, it's more open. It's more free. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is industry town and it was a blue collar town and it was a, you work, you grow up, yeah, you marry the gal down the street or the guy around the corner or something like that. You do the same thing and your kids do the same thing and their kids will do the same thing. And, you know, I know that's not a fair and accurate depiction of what it's like, but in a lot of the industrial cities that helped build America, that's what it was. There were so many neighborhoods of, of that ilk and to get away from that and then get to someplace that's open, like, Arizona, New Mexico, Southern Cal. I yeah, think and the skies are so clear here, and yeah. I just, uh, I love it. And a lot to be said about that sun, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> so um, what we do on this show, this podcast, we, we play some songs of yours. We've talked about a couple of yours. So I want to play the Keep the Wolves at Bay song and give you a chance to set it up a little bit somehow. Because we did talk about it a little bit. It's kind of a long song. That's blues for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially so, it, and, and it seems like when I heard it, I was listening again today this morning, and I thought I heard two or three styles in there. I thought I heard some jazz, thought I heard some ragtime, a little flavor of ragtime, and some traditional blues. Was that what I heard? Probably. Because, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll play some stride too. So, yeah, I, like I said, I just end up, it just comes out of my brain. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, let's give it a listen here. We're with Gypsy Piano Blues in Sierra Vista, Arizona. And the first song we're going to play for Gypsy is Keep the Wolves at Bay. 
That was Keep the Wolves at Bay with Gypsy Piano Blues from Sierra Vista, Arizona. We'll be back with Gypsy in a moment. With Gypsy being a blues and jazz artist, I saw a real good opportunity to talk about this. Founded in 1999, Jazz Generation was formed. They have three complementary programs that promote both live jazz as an art form and the performing arts as a cultural asset for New York. So, It's the Jazz Standard Discovery Program, JDP, the Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra, JYSO, and in 2014, KU, Eat Up, an anti-poverty program offering services that support professional jazz artists in their performing careers while revitalizing local businesses. Now, all these programs are intended to develop a new generation of public audiences and performers. The Jazz Discovery Program. It introduces New York City grade schoolers from all backgrounds, both public and private schools, from diverse neighborhoods of New York City to a live jazz performance, often for the first time. The Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra is a performance-driven program that gives talented and dedicated young jazz musicians the opportunity to perform every Sunday, often with a guest artist from the New York jazz scene. Heat Up is the most recent program that started in 2014 by starting to rescue pianos destined for the dumpster, and positioning them into these small local venues that are known for their hospitality. So they asked the venue to chip in what they could, and then they covered the rest of the musician's compensation through Jazz Generation. It's a really cool concept and a really cool way to promote jazz, and they're doing this in New York City. So if you want to help jazz in the New York area, we urge you to check them out. Jazz Generation, www.jazzgeneration.com. Dot org. It just seems so appropriate to talk about that 
with you, Gypsy, because uh, one of the things that they do in this organization is they, they, they just gather up pianos and you see them all the time on Marketplace, on eBay, on your neighborhood, whatever. People saying, I've got this upright. I've got this baby grand. Just somebody, please just come get it. And if you don't, people throwing these things away. They're throwing away Casios. They're throwing away keyboards that people bought, uh, you know, a decade or so ago. And then one of these days, I'm going to learn how to play it. They never did. So these guys go and they get these pianos, these keyboards. They refurbish them. They fix them up and they set them up at venues. And then they encourage kids to come. And that's where they can learn to play and play in front of people. Now, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? Now, if you would move back east, you could go to New York City and you volunteer your time and (laughs) <laughs> say, say how I spend your time for you. Isn't that nice of me to do that? <laughs> I actually have a Baldwin over at my um, my brother's house. You know, when my dad was staying there with him, there was a, a white console Baldwin from 1929, I think, that somebody was getting rid of. Uh-huh. So, I, and I gave him forty bucks to deliver. <laughs> and i'm waiting until i get a, a place in bisbee because i'm in a studio apartment right now uh-huh. and it's still over there and the, so i've got a baldwin sitting over my brother's in a shed i'll get where do you practice you say you live in a studio apartment where do you practice do you practice, I practice at home? The, in, the, in the bedroom i made it into a studio i okay. have um you know the acoustic tiles on the walls mm-hmm. and you know some different things carpets and blankets and i just made it so that like my neighbor next door they can never hear me when i'm rehearsing a uh, lot of times i just rehearse with the headphones and into the piano but right. there's times that i won't and nobody can hear me so i gotta sew it up pretty tight in here so then you know i don't bother anybody because it's a multi-unit right. you know apartment building i just make do with what i have yeah i have to so right, right. <laughs> and you're making music and you're doing yeah. what you want to do so you you do what you have to do to do what you have to do. That's that's I just cool. I turn the, the bed into a couch that's behind me and mm-hmm. I just um and I've got uh two boards caddy corner to me and then I have another one over here. <laughs> uh-huh. So and then my amp and it's just it's filled with nothing but musical equipment in here. So that's okay. Now the song that we're gonna play here, Mankind's End, when you sent it to me, it was labeled Mankind's End Acoustic. What does that mean? There was no drums on it, so I just played it straight. Okay. All right. I, I wondered what that was. I, just, I listened to it. And it sounds, sounds, sounds like you're playing at a piano bar, just, you know, playing, doing your thing, you know? Yeah. I guess that's so, yeah. So there's no other instruments. There's no, no horns. There's no bass. There's no backup drums or anything like that. And your harmonica guy, you said you play with sometimes. He's not there. It's just you and no, the piano. Okay. I want to make a new album with him, but that'll be coming up. Yeah. I just, when I say acoustic, it's just, just the piano and vocals. Okay. So Mankind's End is an acoustic, and, and that's and how we're going to it. it's not plugged in. It's just straight from, like, there's no ambage. That's what I consider acoustic. And your recordings, do you record yourself? Like, we, you've got stuff on YouTube. You said Reverb Nation, I think you said. Spotify, Pandora, Spotify. Yeah. iHeartRadio. One thing that I, I did do before I got here was I took my recorder, which was like a $2,000 piece of equipment and wrapped it up in a box, sent this box of clothes with the recorder in it to my dad's house from Illinois. Mm -hmm. So, and I stuffed my microphones down in there. So I wouldn't, because I was going on a Greyhound. I left everything there. I used my credit and ordered some keyboards and amps to go to my dad's house. He called me, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm coming there. That's my instrument. So, (laughs) Just put it aside and I'll be there shortly. So that's what I did. 
it was so just tell- like a last minute thing and yeah i ended up um i lost everything wow. so long story short i just had to redo everything and i was like well i'm not gonna stop playing so right. i thought i was buying a house in illinois and then my son decided to move in with me which is fine but he brought his children Nope. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to discipline them. And you can't go without discipline. And I have a different idea of the way life is. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you the mortgage. So I did. Then I forfeited and gave him the mortgage. And I didn't have a way. My dad got sick. I'm like, I'm just going to Arizona. And yeah. I got here and I was like, I'm staying. <laughs> so I didn't have a way to go back and get the stuff. I just started yeah. buying stuff anew. Gotcha. Started over. It's kind of a blues life. Yeah, it you know? is. It really is. You, you hear the stories of, especially like the older guys back in the, in the 20s, 30s. And that's where the blues come from. It comes from those life experiences and how it hits you here. And, and then the music meets those feelings and comes out, yeah. right? I left a Wurlitzer, Boardman and Gray, 1879 piano there. Mm. And his kids destroyed it. Oh, no. And I left a couple of high-end Casios and he just kept it or handed my stuff out. I had albums there, like Led Zeppelin. I had my old Rolling Stones, just everything I lost there. Wow. So I still love my kids, but you know what? I'm a Buddhist now, so I just try to forgive everybody. There you go. (laughs) So how does Buddhism tie in with this next song, Mankind's End? Because Mankind's End sounds so fatalistic and... The Buddha wasn't fatalistic. No, he wasn't. It's about hope. Oh, well, when I went across the country from Pittsburgh to Illinois, and it was the first of coat, like it's it was in March of 2020. Hmm. There was nobody on the road except for when you went to the bathrooms uh-huh. on the road, there was there was nobody in there. They had all the brochures out. They had this desk. With all the brochures out where a person would normally sit. Mm-hmm. They had all these brochures all around and nobody was there. Wow. And it was like, this is too weird. This is apocalyptic. Like so that was the word I, I was gonna use. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then when I came here and I got on the bus and then we stopped in St. Louis and there was a five hour layover, these they weren't, I forget what you call them. But they said they were um, going to go join the, the protest. They were protesters, but they had all their face covered up except for their eyes. When they got off the bus, they tried to tilt the bus over. Oh, wow. And I was in St. Louis, and I wanted to see the arches because, you know, that's home of the blues. That's right. We weren't allowed out of that terminal. It was glass terminal. They were catching the city on fire. Yeah. And they made us sit there for five hours until that died down and could get another bus in there. I just went into complete stillness. I think that was the Buddhism kicked in and it helped Mm -hmm. me calm myself. Everybody around me is crying and they had somebody with, I didn't even call anybody. I just sat there and got through it. So do you remember what the rioting was about or the George Floyd? It was okay. Yeah. It it was way too late for Michael Brown. No, because this was June. Yeah. In 2020. In 2020. And I was like, somebody infiltrated them because it turned into this. You could see it. They were just going completely chaotic. It was like they were off the wire and I couldn't understand how something 
it was supposed to be a peaceful protest and they're telling you it's a peaceful protest and they got these fires in the background on the TV. That's exactly what happened. That's wow. true. It's not peaceful. So and I'm so thinking I, I'm, I'm thinking your life experience, you're on a bus, you stop at a bus stop or at, at a rest area and there's nobody there. And then you get to a place like St. Louis and then it's rioting and fires. and. Yeah, that was three months later. Yep. Mankind's End. Right? Yep. Yeah. So that's where I got that song. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give it a listen and see if that message comes across. This is a song called Mankind's End with Gypsy Piano Blues.
Mankind's End with Gypsy Piano Blues, our guest today on the Music of America podcast, and she's coming to us from Sierra Vista, Arizona. We'll get back and talk about one more of her songs after we talk about Kitty's Litter Box, and it's really simple. You buy Kitty's Litter Box. You open the box, you place the litter in the box, introduce the box to your cat. The cat does their business for maybe a month or so, close the box, and throw it away. That's it. Close the box and throw it away. You grab the handle of this biodegradable box and throw it away. Perfect. It's perfect for traveling with your favorite feline. It's affordable. It's convenient. And it's actually the one thing I didn't like about cats. I don't know how I got stuck with the job, but I had to clean the litter box all the time. If Kitty's litter box were around maybe 20 years ago, who knows? I might still have cats. Kitty's litter box at kittyslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. And back in Sierra Vista, Arizona with Gypsy Piano Blues and Gypsy, we talked a little bit about the song Never Quite Like This, and it has a couple of meanings. We were talking about mankind's end and how what was going on in the world seemed so unique and never quite like this was, although it's a heartbreak song, it does have a double meaning of what was going on in your life at the time. It's never been like this. Is that right? Yeah. Plus, I was my life went through utter turmoil, yeah. and I kept my kept my sanity. And I think that's because of the piano playing. I think that's the only thing that kept me going. It, it was it was really hard. And then you know, I got here to help my dad. He had dementia too, so oh no, it was really rough. So yeah. um, I was trying to play out a little bit when I first got here, but I just took care of him first. Yeah. And then after he passed, I went right back into it. The never quite like this. That was about a man that I was with for about 10 years. It was just so, uh, I guess, mentally uh, abusive. Uh And um, he was also physically abusive when I left. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, there was, he insisted on playing bass for me in the band in Pittsburgh. He didn't want me to have another bass player. He had to be in the band. Uh Uh-huh which is kind of controlling thing, but I didn't think anything of it. I was just worried about the band. Which I mean, that's almost, of- that's almost straight out of Ike and Tina, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he bring this girl comes into this bar and she's screaming at me. She was with him. Wow. Like, and then he screams at me at the end of the show. It's like, hey, this wasn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so I left him a couple of times. He came back, promised to be, and it's just same thing every time. So I just, never quite like this he'd bully me like i'd say uh you're you're doing this you're doing that nah it's in your head you're crazy (laughs) and here it was all true at this point i don't have anybody right now and i don't care to if i find somebody that'd be great if not i'm not worried about it um because i i spend a lot of time on the music it's just at this point in my life i I think i'm married to the piano (laughs) (laughs) It's like practice, practice, practice yeah. every day. Even though I've been doing it for a long time, I still make myself rehearse constantly. Have to. I don't think there's a, a professional in any an actor, an athlete, a musician that still doesn't practice. I've got a buddy of mine called him up the other day. He's been playing guitar for 40 years. So what are you up to, man? He goes, just doing my scales. Yep. Doing his scales. I mean, yeah, playing guitar to. for 40 years and he's still doing, you know. <laughs> But I guess when when you do that, you don't have to think about it. It it becomes muscle memory, so yeah. you can get to the more creative side where music comes out and can tell stories 
like you do with your music and like you do with your lyrics, like you do with a song called Never Quite Like This. How about that? How about that for a segue, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then I had some fans get a hold of me a couple of weeks ago and they want a new album. So I've, I've got some stuff that I've written down, notebooks full of stuff. So one day I just got to start recording. But like I said, I want to get uh, Randall Montgomery mm-hmm. into uh, some of my songs with his harp and his guitar and stuff. And he's still um, out east. Is that right? He's no, out no, east? no, no, no. Oh, he's, he's the, the guy here. that sits in with me here. We okay. met at a, he was running an open, a blues open stage. Uh-huh. And I had this other guitarist that I was trying to play with. Um, but he was one of those. He used to be a drill sergeant for real. And oh, wow. He, he was like, and he's retired, but he uses that in his life. So I couldn't get along with him. Uh-huh. And I tried. I really did try. I was kind, but it wasn't <laughs> going to work. So anyway, I met Randall at the open stage. I was like, come on, uh, jam with me. You know, this is an open stage. So that's how that started. And um, he went and he did a show. Uh, at this bar that's like almost behind his house and he said i'm just gonna go play for tips and he was taking a new drummer and his bass player and he was doing his stuff and he's texting me oh i'm gonna just play for tips this saturday is not going on everybody wanted you i'm like i'm not there (laughs) (laughs) he said they all said where's gypsy (laughs) that's funny it's kind of cool too though it's kind of cool to have to have a wanting like that have somebody you know, asking for you by name and saying, we want Gypsy, we want Gypsy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he keeps telling me that. So I'm like, well, I'm going to be there Sunday. So there's yeah. a block party. They're having the bars, having the block party, all these different musicians. That'd be fun. And I got to be ready to go by like 10 a.m. And I probably won't get home until like 12 oh, a.m. the next day. But right. I just, it, I love it. But that's what, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why we do it. We don't do it for the money. You know? Yeah. I mean, we need the money, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, yep. and, and we'll talk about the money side of this in a moment, but it's, it's not about the money. We, I, I, I use this phrase a lot throughout this podcast when I was in a band, I used to tell the guys that we don't get paid for this. We get paid to move equipment. This is the fun really? part. We just get paid to move stuff around. You know? <laughs> well, I don't think as much as I'm getting paid, I, I still don't think I'm covering everything and I have to pay for it a month. Yeah, I'm still paying off equipment. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and I just I do everything. I do uh, except for Randall help. He's a DJ on Wednesdays. He does a rockabilly show, and he uh, he puts our shows on the air, which is cool. And yeah. I do all the other other advertising, get the jobs. I, you know, I'll end up having to do something, be somewhere, and then I, I'm I'm in the middle of booking. Somebody gets a hold of me. It's like okay, I got to change that around. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's a twenty-four-seven job because you betcha. Really well, you're you're it. You're the you're the promoter. You're the producer. You're the writer, and singer. You're the performer. I yeah. incorporated it in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, so it's an LLC too. So. <laughs> well, what's cool about that is you can have board meetings then with yourself and <laughs> with myself. <laughs> well, how much am I in the red this month? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the song. I want to play this one real quick, and then we're going to come back and talk about like how you can make money doing what you do. But the song is called Never Quite Like This with Gypsy Piano Blues. (laughs) 
So we're going to come back and I'm just going to say one more thing. Um, I'm going to do my outro a little differently because typically I'll finish up and I'll say join us tomorrow when Tata Crown joins us. We're going to get into a little of his style of music or his, but Tata Crown, who was supposed to be on after you, we were scheduled to meet last week and we didn't. And then I haven't talked to him since and I've sent him texts, I've sent him emails. So he might've just bailed on me. So I can't really plug him because he may not be the next guest. <laughs> So I'm just going to have to come out of it and say, join us tomorrow. And then we'll just drop. And then if he, okay. if he does, then I can insert that in post-production after the show. So it's good. It may sound a little awkward to you, but it's, it's something that I'm going to have to be working on in post-production depending on him or whoever else comes on. Cause if he doesn't do it, there's a guy named uh, Gabriel, the Gabriel, the messenger, and he'll be coming on instead of Tata crown. So, all right. Follow all that. 
got to do what you got to do. You bet. <laughs> okay, so we're going to back announce this, and we're going to talk about where to find you in three, two, never quite like this. I love that. I love that message. It's it's powerful. Gypsy Piano Blues. We're wrapping up here. Sierra Vista, Arizona, our first guest from Arizona this week. Kind of excited. And uh, where do we find you? How do we how do we buy your music? Where do we hear your music? Tell us all the places that you are where we can see you and we can purchase a, a CD or a couple of your songs or whatever. Okay, the first thing I always say, and including all my sign, I always put Google the name because there's so many different sites that I have. And I'm on Spotify. I'm on Pandora. I'm on iHeartRadio and KK Box, a whole bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just say Google the name and it's www.reverbnation.com slash gypsy piano blues, all in smaller letters. Uh-huh. And then it's the same with Facebook, facebook.com slash gypsy piano blues, um, Instagram, and Twitter uh, is the same thing. Uh, slash gypsy piano blues and then um i also have a sound click site which is soundclick.com slash gypsy piano blues and you can buy the digital recordings in there or you can get them off of you know the other sites that they're on but um that has all of my uh digital recordings right in a store right there so that's great soundclick.com has that soundclick.com okay yeah soundclick. so where are you playing coming up Okay, in it, August, let's say. August, July 30th, I have a, a okay. show that's uh, at the Hitching Post, the same 316 Prong Avenue, Bisbee, Arizona. And that's 2 to 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. in the afternoon on the patio on a Sunday. And then Great. Um, they can just go in into my, because I'm always getting different jobs. What's a Sunday afternoon in Bisbee, Arizona, like at 2 to 4 o'clock? in july is it hot is it dry is it miserable is it sunny i mean you guys are having some issues with heat there this year yeah. aren't you yeah yep <laughs> the last time i had to move my piano away from the slats in the pit, the patio area uh-huh. because the piano was getting way too hot oh wow like i was burning my fingers on it so <laughs> i have to make sure it's under the shade when i play outside i know that sounds a little strange but and you promote your shows on all social media? Do you put them on? Uh, yes. And so if they find you on Facebook, Spotify, or not uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they'll find out your shows and when they're coming up. Yes. Great. Gypsy, it's been fun. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll look you up next time I'm in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Gypsy. Piano Blues from Sierra Vista, Arizona. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.